Welcome to my basement, everybody. Why do you always talk in his voice? I, I don't know. I love it. <laughs> what is when I voice? hear it, it just get, makes me happy. It's your Welcome basement. to my basement. Because I never talk like that anywhere else, except I know. when I'm in the basement. I've never been with you for a long time. I know. Not, not romantically, Fuck, just as I, work partners. I know what we should do next week. What? We'll take we'll get some helium balloons. We'll do the whole thing with nope. squeaky balloons. No, how, how about if you just do welcome to my basement, oh, everybody? I want to ask you a question. Yeah, you can do your, how uh, comfortable are you in my basement? You could do your Barry White voice. Maybe you should take your sweater off. <laughs> All right, so that ends the creepy portion of today's podcast. Listen, the big Maybe news this week. Maybe you should unbutton your blouse. The big, I'm not I'm done. just going to ignore okay, that. Right. You got another one in you? Can no, just get it. it out now. That's it. Uh, the big news this week, obviously, in the tech world, Apple held a press conference and announced the iPad Mini. I was yes. actually standing next to Victor Lucas as he was they're watching so- the press conference. Yeah, they're sounding more and more like feminine hygiene products every time, aren't they? The, the <laughs> iPad Mini. This is for like... Uh, yeah, what's next? The iPad Maxi? Is that what, is that what you're saying? With wings? It's getting... Yeah. Uh, I, I'd never thought of that until you just said that. I hadn't either. Yeah. It hadn't occurred to me the either. IPad now I can't, I can't unhear it. It'll fit in your purse. It's like when and, Ben Silverman... And it will fit in your purse. That's the whole idea. It's like when Ben Silverman said that the six on Resident Evil 6 looked like a giraffe giving itself a blowjob, and now I can't see a six. You can't unsee that, right? Yeah, now I, I can only hear the the iPad Mini and the iPad I can't Maxi. wait to get one of these things, because I, I love the Nexus 7 form factor. <laughs> he's got his hands in the air because he's so excited. It's a touchdown for Victor Lucas. It's, it's a fun device, but the Android operating system drives me a little crazy as I've, right. I've been very... What are you excited about with the iPad Mini? Just say it. Just I, the lightness okay. and the ability to, to pick up, pick it up with one hand and play games on it easier. And We're in to, Canada, so this is how, much, how many kilos is it going to weigh? I have no idea. I just know it's going to be lighter grams? and it's going to feel a little bit more like the iPhone Five, how light it okay. is. So it's going to look like a giant iPhone. Yeah. Yeah, like yeah. a Texas iPhone. It, it, but shrunk down. I do wish it was sixteen by nine. That drives me nuts. You know, it's I re, it's really analogous to. Uh, uh, the video game industry teaching us how to move around in 3D space with two analog sticks and then taking them away mm-hmm. for portable games or for uh, uh, the Wiimotes or whatever. Uh, I, I, you know, if you're going to show us a 16 by 9 screen in a portable way like the iPhone 5 is, don't remove that. And also, if you're going to give us a graphics processor or a chip in here like the A6, which is in the iPhone 5, at least get us an A6 in your new iPad. But of course... And your retina display as well. But, of course, they want to hold that all until next year. Lots of complaining here in the basement about the iPad mini so far. I I mean, I know it's going to be cool when I pick it up. It's going to be different. The form factor is going to be great. It's got a very tiny hard drive. No, it, well, it, I wish it was bigger too. It, yeah. it, like it's gonna, we're gonna get a sixty-four gig that's model nothing. of the thing. Well, that's what our phones are and stuff. But they're, that's the, negligible. The, the games are getting huge. There huge. are two gig games yeah. now, and you fill up these hard drives super fast. I'm actually deleting stuff all the time. I'm, I'm starting to, uh, you know, not put music on, not put any any video or, or movies on these things anymore because they're the games are so enormous. Well, it speaks to the disposable nature of a lot of the things we're playing, a lot of the apps that we're downloading right. for our iPhones and iPads. A lot well, of it becomes ghostware is sometimes, what, I, what I call it. But sometimes they're so robust that you want to keep going back to them. And there's there's games you that... Know, that's uh, what we should do is we should do a year-end. You know how we do pockets on the show? We should yeah. do year-end. What games survived 12 months? No, what games do we... Do, were, 
did we delete or want to, something along the lines. that we didn't delete. That we didn't delete that we should have deleted or something like that. Something along the lines of our uh, uh, getting rid of stuff that we're doing, the spring cleaning. Oh, the spring cleaning show. Maybe there's something uh, digitally that we should be doing. I'm doing that all the time. I look at these things. Usually before we see a movie, we have about an hour to kill. Yeah. And then I look and I think, well, will I ever play this again? No. So it's gone. Right. Ghostware. Yeah. And you know what, though? I mean, we're four years into the app store. And by this point, there are actually enough good games that you can fill up a 64 gig drive what about the price point on the ipad mini how do you feel about that too, too much expensive for, too much yeah, yeah i think it's you know I, I they're trying to pay uh, they're trying to price in between their um their ipod touch and their low-end ipad and i know they have to find a number that magically fits for apple but in terms of the competition which they showed a lot of Nexus 7 footage at their, uh, you know, in their press conference, which was kind of telling. So they're obviously paying attention to what the other guys are doing. And, you know, frankly, the Nexus 7's a pretty damn good tablet. They should be pricing it closer to that, although Apple doesn't need to because, you know, fanboys like myself are already salivating. It's going to be a better experience. It's going to be a better user experience simply by virtue of iOS and the apps that you can buy for the damn thing. But it's it's too expensive. Did you just hear that? What's that? I think somebody's at the door. I think somebody is trying to get into the basement. Oh. Let me get the door. Holy shit. We have an awesome guest with us. Brian Provinciano is in the house. The maker, the solitary maker, although he did get a little bit of help, on Retro City Rampage. So if you need a video game made, don't hire a team. Just call Brian. You're like the Ghostbusters, man. You can come in and just make a game all by yourself. Yeah, Welcome. A, oh, glad to be here. Well, you know, I'm actually moving this weekend. He can probably just move me by him. I mean, he can do anything by him. You know what? He, he could make a game about you moving. You've That's got, true. Uh, it's, what is it? We're, we're recording this he on Wednesday. Is, you have two days, man. He's the video game equivalent of the man with a van. He can do anything <laughs> in the video game realm. I love when you turn on Retro City Rampage, and i got to tell you, I've been turning it on a lot these days. It is days. an awesome game. It says Thank right you. at the start, Brian Provinciano's Retro City Rampage. I don't, yeah. Have you seen the review? We just reviewed it. I don't know if it's no, aired I haven't Guess yet. what? Tell them what we gave it. Two 9.5s. 9.5. Nice. You, we oh, can thank you so much. That's right. Yes. We're high-fiving down in the basement. And it's mostly, we gave that, that score because you put us into the game so that was very shrewd <laughs> you knew that you we know, could be bought out just by being characters in the we game we talked about yeah, that that's about not whether or not we were going to be biased yeah. because we yeah. are actually we're one of many characters in the game of course yeah but uh but you know I, i've always wanted to be in a video game i didn't express this in our last podcast yeah. i've always wanted some trace of myself oh, it's an honor to be in Absolutely. i know you've been in games before but no I not like have. this i mean i've had uh, you know thank yous and shout outs and and we've worked on some games and been in the credits and stuff before and that's always amazing but uh, you know, as videographers and doing behind the scenes kinds of stuff, but never like actually into the plot or, you know, kind of like you've done this for This is us. the second time I've been in a game. I was in Serious Sam 3 earlier really? in the year. There's a helicopter pilot who dies very early on. I'm Jones. <laughs> okay. Very good. <laughs> this is way cooler, though. It's I've way never cooler. had my face in a game. Did you know right from the beginning that you were going to start including some of the people? I mean, it's such an homage to so many sectors of our business. Did you know you wanted to have a bunch of, you know, shout outs and you know cameos in the game i originally i didn't um but then it really was just about honoring people and it's just it's just like hey let's put you in into the game to the other team members and then and then it kind of just spiraled out from there and and it's just a huge i mean being you're a local hero of course and oh, so it's on. just uh, it's a national treasure national treasure <laughs> local yeah. hero 
you, you can keep going <laughs> the accolades the, uh, I will sit here and stare at your beautiful Bane shirt well, I love your yes, shirt Brian, Brian is wearing an it's incredibly lovely shirt I'll have to take a photo of it and tweet it so people can see what it looks like but it is a very impressive yeah. shirt no it's yeah. wonderful it's, yeah, the, it's, it's the proper mask well I think it was a very smart play on your, your uh, behalf because you know it's good karma it's good karma and you know we are all fans of the business that's why we're in the business it's not like this is just some you know stuff that we took in school and we said well this is the career path for me I, I want to get out there and start reviewing video we all obviously love this stuff that's what the fiction in your game is all about mm-hmm. and you reached out to us but you reached out to the destructoid people and other people out there as well and I think oh, destructoids in this yeah but what's cool I'm out is that there is such a, a, a you know an apparent reverence for the medium and for uh, the extended world around video games and and the uh, the reach into other media, that it it all makes sense. It yeah. was a totally shrewd, great move, and it did create good karma out there in the industry. Yeah, it's you know it's been really great because one of my biggest concerns when I quit my job at other game studios and went on my own yeah. was losing the family. Like going into the studio every day, it's just a big family there, and right. uh, and now I feel like I've got more of a family than I ever have as an indie just because of the community and everyone we're it's 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 amazing how we don't have to be in the same office anymore and do you think without I mean we have the sites what do you think about Twitter because you're on it all the time and I feel like Twitter is like a it's like a glue in our business this? because he's on it and I think it's like I follow a lot of other game journalists I know that a lot of game journalists read my tweets and Scott's tweets and stuff like that it feels mm-hmm. like we are a little tighter knit now yeah. because of Twitter yeah it's really great I'm you know I think that Twitter and Facebook actually help people people together better mm-hmm. because before it would be like okay well I gotta phone up my buddy say hi on the phone but I don't have time to chat right now and right. and you can't talk to everyone all the time and so it really just it it seems there was a lot of concerns years ago that people thought it was making people antisocial but it's the opposite definitely well I think I don't it, know if it I agree it, with that it makes it easier to can I do my rebuttal yeah, yeah I'm yeah. just kidding I'm actually you know this is actually the third video game I've been in I was also one of the space invaders Oh, right. At the very top of yeah, the Yeah, I remember. I, I love blasting yeah. you to little pixels. No, I, I, I actually think, like, I think it pushes, I do think it makes us more antisocial because I'll go out somewhere and I'll have lunch with a bunch of people, say, and then it'll be kind of like a terrible, mediocre lunch, and then I'll go home and everyone will write about how great the lunch was on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, but and that's I'm, your take No, on no, it. no. That, I'm just saying I think people do that a lot. I think people are becoming less skilled when it comes to actually being face-to-face with right. one another. Mm. And then we go back and we can sort of pave over the road later, and we can fix whatever flaws well, there are in our relationships. Human relationships are messy, but on Facebook, they're very clean. Yeah, we present, there's a there's a uh, sort of a, uh, a show that we're putting out to the world. You know, the best of us is yeah. the, every tweet and every Facebook well, status update. I mean, when I, was, exactly. yeah. when I was going through my clubbing phase, all the photos were just... Clubbing? Like, yeah, years ago, you know. And <laughs> you don't have that rocking hot bod without being a club girl. I know, well, you guys can't see this through the radio program here, but Brian is ripped. Both of you guys. I feel like I need a a Zumba fitness game or something. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, I have a question for Brian. Yeah. Uh, And, you know, what was your day-to-day work life like on Retro City Rampage? Because this is your game, and you have been part of teams in the past, Mm -hmm. but you really were kind of on your own here. I mean, just just do a a quick painting of what it was like for you to make this game on a day-to-day basis. Well, long hours, really, seven days a week, and and. 
it, it's it was a perpetual crunch and then at the end after i'd already been working 100 percent uh it was just like 300 percent. yeah that's not and, enough what else you got so it was it's as much as i love the game and it I was I just wasn't happy working on other people's games after year after year and and so no regrets making the game I absolutely love it I'm happy with what I created but it really was a prison yeah because there was just everything was on the line if I didn't finish this game then I think it was dead that's what novelists feel I think that's what yeah. painters feel I think that's what photographers feel you're creating art you know and that's where the great stuff comes from yes. from that prison and locking yourself you can't in escape prison. it yeah. it sucks and you know what you've made a really fun game and I think there, there's so much about it that's so uh, irreverent and just there's so much energy in it but I understand what you're talking about that you know just feeling the crushing weight of getting yeah. this damn thing done and moving on with your life but you managed you have a girlfriend I don't yeah. know if I'm revealing too much here on the show yeah, yeah. but you managed to sustain a relationship was she with you the whole process. time yeah, yeah that's incredible it's been wow what's her name victoria victoria you rock yes, yes on behalf <laughs> of every struggling artist basement. out there yeah. in the world and you're way better looking than phil fish i'm just gonna go <laughs> on the record and say that he is look well at him. i mean you tell me if this is true because i'm you know i created this company and i i needed my wife marcy to mm-hmm. to back me the entire time and and you know you it's like you can't do these great moves in your world without support like that. You well, know? the work-life balance is my biggest issue, and yeah. if it weren't for her, kind of forcing me to take a little bit of time off, um, yeah. I I would just be working around the clock. And <laughs> but you also it, need that that voice of. Um, that you're okay behind you too. You know that's yeah. how I feel about with uh, with my wife as well. Is that she, you know, you you go out on these huge creative, you know, risky. Uh, branches and you just you put your life out there and you don't know if it's going to work but you know at home you have someone saying it's going to be okay and yeah. I, I feel that's probably what Victoria was saying to you too yeah right? yeah. yeah she's she's talks me down a lot when uh, I'm just like oh it's so stressed it's it's this just isn't going to happen and then well that's yeah. my point with Twitter too yeah. is that you had this great idea to uh, you know loop us all in with this common love for this medium and for the subject matter and for all of this sort of cool winking homages to all these movies and other stuff that you've got embedded in the game but you also I think we're able to tap into these personal relationships with people in the gaming community that are already you know we're, we're already believers in the indie spirit you know mm-hmm. and all already sort of with this idea that you can self-publish and get this yeah. stuff out in as many different ways, and and you tapped into that. Is I think. Victoria in the game? I have to ask. Uh, in, some... in the special thanks. Okay, yeah. but she's not like one of the characters. She's not a boss you fight or anything. No, she didn't want to be. Or uh, the... I don't know. There's there no are a lot of people. Mini-game. There are a lot of people that didn't make it into the game. Um, Did you like, put yourself in? I put myself in. Yeah. yeah. Like I wanted to put in the whole Vancouver like community, all the indies and stuff too. But at one point, they were actually Al Lowe was going to be in the game too. The oh, wow. guy a huge fan of that guy um i first met him at e3 like in 06 i think but uh it was just so last minute that it was the picture was done but we just couldn't get it in because it had to get out the door right right um i I think people have this perception that once you ship your game and and i certainly thought this when i was playing this because when we reviewed it on the show i'm like man alive brian must be like riding bikes around the seawall he must be in Hawaii. There's he this said, sense. Uh, rolling around on beds of money. A bed right? of money like yeah. in Decent Proposal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, then, but the reality is not that at all, no. from what I can gather, look, looking at you sitting here. Yeah, I, I mean, I am just so exhausted. It's, it's, <laughs> it's rough. I'm still working. 
I'm completely off a schedule right now and it is just work, work, sleep, work, sleep. And it's just sometimes I'm up at night, sometimes I'm up at the day. It's just not, I'm not even on 24 hours anymore. So it's, what do you live in, a one bedroom apartment or yeah. a two bedroom yeah, apartment? Yeah, one bedroom, yeah. Vancouver's really expensive. Yeah. So you roll out of bed and your computer's probably right yeah. there, right? Yeah. And you sit down at your computer. What are you, what are you making this game on? What did you make this game on? Uh, it's, it's all on a PC and I've got two. So I've got one at my office, one at home. And, and that was, I mean, <laughs> the work-life balance thing, I found that really squeezing myself dry to make this game where I would go to the office, work, I'm just too tired to work anymore, so I'd go home, and then I'd work from home some more. So you actually have an office that you forced yourself I, go to I go do. to? Yeah. Uh, it, originally, it was just because one of the consoles requires you to have an office, and so ah, that's why okay. I got it in the first place. Okay. But it is good to have, but it's just it's the whole... I make myself work longer hours because I give myself a change of scenery. Sure. And then if I get really burned out, then I go to my parents' place. So in uh, why don't we rent out office space here? Have them work here. Just bring them up here. Okay, that's a good idea. We have room in the basement. Uh, <laughs> I mean, is that is it's just yourself, right, and your company? Yeah. So you had to go and get a whole office and, and put a, a, a setup in there yeah, just for was, yourself. It was. That it was, must be weird. Yeah, it was funny because. Um, my first office, first of all, I'd saved up for years and years to go indie, do this game full time, yeah. and then uh, buy buy some dev kits, buy, get an office space, blah, 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 half my money was gone. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and my first office was a converted closet, <laughs> uh, a storage closet. It was a nice office building, um, but... I was just like, hey, do you have anything within my budget? Oh, we can find something. They had basically an internet connection and a desk in a walk-in closet yeah. with no windows, no air conditioning, nothing. Oh and it was God. the roughest year. Oh, my <laughs> then, God. Yeah. And so when did you do this? When did you decide this was going to happen? How long ago was that? So I've been doing it full-time for three and a half, well, over three years now. And uh, where were you working before, EA? or? I worked at... I worked at Backbone, although we did do some EA games. Okay. Uh, and then I worked, uh, I, I did some contract work on a Wii title after, and then worked at Propaganda briefly. And uh, But at that point, I before, it was funny because when I applied for Propaganda and got the job, I was really excited. I was like, I can do this. I can do my own game, work on this game. I'm going to be so excited. And then f by the time I started at Propaganda, because I was like, can I take like, a month and a half before I start so that I can kind of, you know, play with my own stuff. And they're like, sure, that's cool. And then I, within that month and a half, I, the, the switch went off and I was just right. became indie and I just was checked out. And so I worked nine months there, but then I just had to give my Were notice. you on Tron or on uh, Pirates? Uh, Pirates. You were on Pirates? Yeah. Oh, wow. Did you leave before all of the stuff started to fall apart on they Pirates? They did some layoffs before I left, yeah. but I left before the second round, so... Was that part of the decision-making process? Was uh, was seeing that people, it, like the industry was changing all around us, was that part of your, your call? The biggest thing was just that my passion for the project, my own project became so big, and the energy just working two jobs, yeah. <laughs> although now I've ended up working harder than well, I ever yeah, did. And I think, but yeah, one of the things that we've talked about, you, you know, offline is that you are also PR yeah. and your business development and you're, you're wearing nine hats. We yeah. saw him at E3 this year in the Sony booth, literally doing demos right. himself. Yeah. yeah. It's, like, hey, Brian. <laughs> it's, I mean, that's how games used to be made. And yeah. you know this, and you're, you're uh, honoring an era where that was almost the reality. I mean, the NES age probably was five or 10 people making a game. Yeah. But back on the Atari 2600, it was two people 
doing the thing. Mm -hmm. They'd finish the game code. They'd put their art together. They'd put their sound effects and everything into it. And then they would go back uh, to the warehouse and screw drive the cartridges together and put them into the boxes, (laughs) then load them up on trucks that would be shipped out to stores everywhere. So you're very close to the glory early days of of our business. It's really fun. Yeah. It's funny because when I was working there, just doing the full-time day job and then going home and trying to work day after day after day it started to become tougher and tougher to the point where i was having trouble working at night on evenings and weekends because i was so exhausted from the day job and so that's when i had to quit but then (laughs) i got all these more responsibilities so so obviously the reviews for retro city have been really strong everybody seems to really love with few exceptions really mm-hmm. love this game now i'm looking at you here you're you're a man who's who's physically and spiritually and emotionally much depleted. more paler than yeah. we originally yeah, were. and he was already super pale i'm then. a little worried about <laughs> you but i mean i think sometimes when you work on something so uh, with such intensity for so long I mean, how can, you know, when you look at these things, these reviews, how can you, I mean, can the scores be high enough to justify yeah, how, how what do you, you feel? feel that's, into that's the big thing is that the negative reviews get to me so much. And I often haven't even been paying attention to the positive, which well, is look, the roughest part. They got to part. Bioware to the point where yeah. they had to go and rewrite yeah. the end of yeah. their game. The, you know? the toughest thing is so the first thing. Like, as soon as it shipped, I immediately had to get the other platforms out the door, but I dropped everything, and I just, like, was looking through these reviews, seeing the negative parts, and then immediately fixing my game and actually patching these things to address the issues. And now I'm like, wow, I'm so much happier with the game, but I still have to roll out the patches on PlayStation and all that. But the thing is, is that there were some legitimate issues, um, and I fixed those, but overall most of the negative has been through ignorance yeah and uh one of the big things is my game has a toontown setting like roger rabbit you never hear someone say oh roger rabbit that movie sucked it was just a bunch of like stuff in the background going on like references and whatever yeah but people say that about my game like so many well not so many but enough people have written it off just on the top say oh it's just a bunch of references it's i don't like the references and it's just like that's that's the ambience. That's, yeah, that's, everything. that's that. That's the the heart of your experience here. This is you saying, "I love all of this stuff, and let's celebrate in a but in a cool way." Aren't game critics really just frustrated game developers? Well, I, I think don't we that, all just want to make our own games. I think part of it we, is we want to have what Brian has. There's a, an absence of uh, understanding on the amount of effort it takes. You know, which also serves a purpose, I think, when you're creating a, a, you know, a good that's out for sale, right? People don't have the time in their busy lives to dissect a piece of art and consider all of the different, you know, steps it took to actually bring that art to market. And I think some critics serve a purpose voicing or being a voice for that crowd out there. But it can be really incredibly insensitive. And, you know, one of the things that yeah, you know, like people often say I'm too soft on games or whatever, but the thing that I always consider is that it's difficult to make anything. Yeah. It always is. And I always try to find something genuinely positive or something of merit or value to talk about almost everything that we review. Where lately, there's been some terrible things that it's been really hard to do that with. But uh, I, I don't know if enough critics endeavor to try to, you know, learn and, and discover and, and uh, point out you know, the real fantastic ambitions and reach that some of this stuff has out yeah. there. And yours is loaded with that. Yeah, and and it's when... Uh, the worst one, I'm just going to call them out, is IGN. Yeah. I mean, because they... <clears throat> 
everything that they bashed about the game to give it the score that they did yeah. was factually inaccurate. Right. Uh, they were complaining about lack of checkpoints, where in fact the two missions they pointed out. One, I mean, just first and foremost, everything that they bashed in my game, GTA 4 does way worse. Yeah. Um, and it, there's a huge bias where everyone I talk to is like, oh man, GTA 4 wasn't really that good. But it's like Metacritic 98. Yeah. Um, and so it was like talking about not enough checkpoints. Well, actually, the missions are pretty short and the average mission has two to three checkpoints each. Yeah. Um, and just saying that the game doesn't have a mission, bunch enough mission variety but it was because they didn't even play half the story mode yeah uh and it was just thing after thing after thing that uh, was just completely inaccurate yeah. and um, i would lose my shit yeah and the big thing one of the big messaging it mistakes i did because there were a bunch of mistakes i did do which was with messaging um and with my game, I really wanted it to be the hybrid of retro and modern, where you're getting what you expect from a modern game, but it's got the all the retro feel too. Um, and so I tried to address a lot of stuff, but there was one thing that I forgot, which was that a lot of gamers really want to just have their handheld the whole time. Sure, they do. And so a lot of the a lot of the game, I felt it would be too boring if it was just going from A to B and shooting stuff. And so. A lot of the missions, like there's this one where you, I was laughing. I just loved this mission so much. You got to blow up 20 cards with dynamite in a certain amount of time. And it's like, it sounds, what I loved about this mission is it sounds so simple, but you really have to strategize and figure <laughs> out all these tricks to doing it. Yeah. And everyone's just like, man, this mission's impossible. What an idiot. And, and so I ended up adding tip screens now, yeah. but I didn't actually want to change that or make it easier right because it's like no these are the missions where you actually have to strategize well it's i mean true this is part of the, the the sort of maturation of our business well, though as we've let more people in that's true you know we're also vic and i are playing assassin's creed 3 right now and yeah. i have to say i played it for a couple hours last night because we're trying to get ready to do the review and any time that that game doesn't have it tell me exactly where to go i'm like well now what am i supposed to do it's true and even i'm guilty of that as well <laughs> i think because we have been We've had our well, hands held too tightly for I, far too long. I think that's one of the most difficult things about open world games in general, whether they're a 2D open world game like yours or any 3D one out there. You know, is that there they are there are limitless directions for us to go. I, and speaking of that, I want to ask about multiple console development. Right. Yeah. You know, like that is a really strategic choice, and it's a it's a big choice, it's mm -hmm. a big decision, and obviously adds a tremendous amount of workload onto you. Yeah. Uh, why did why was that important to you, and uh, what what did you start with, and you know where do you think your game is best played? So, I started on PC, yeah. um, but my vision was always to get it on all the consoles, mm -hmm. and it really was just the notoriety of I want to make a game, I want to make a big game, I want to make a mark. And to do that, I got to get it on the console. And to me, that was the, like, I'm still putting it out on Wii, for example, even though the market's small, because, like, to me, it's just, it's a badge to just have my game is out on Wii. Like, it's a badge to me to have my game out on all these platforms. Yeah, um, for sure. But it's also huge when you invest so much time and money into a game uh, developing it. Multi-platform is absolutely the way to go. Yeah. Um, it is now, isn't it? It is now. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, you're just... There's some cross-pollination if it's only out on one platform. Some of the people who would have bought it on the other ones will buy it. But you're not going to... You're, you're going to miss out on so many people if you don't go multi-platform. Right. 
do you have a favorite platform that you think it just sort of fits the best on? I don't. It's, yeah, it's amazing how the Vita, who that wasn't even around for most of its development, has turned out to be maybe the best platform. Generally, everyone you talk to will say the Vita is the That's best. That's my favorite way. To it's play pretty it. damn cool yeah, because I yeah. like picking it up, and it seems like it feels just the right size for well, games. I, I game love that it's one price, and you get it on the Vita and the yeah. PS3 because it, there's a lot of great little details that you can't really make out as well on the Vita screen as you can on a big TV. Mm-hmm. And it's it's cool that you can save your process, your progress along the way, and then jump back and forth. Now, when you are making a multi-platform game like this, how do you make sure that you can do this. I mean, I know that there is it a port after you've created it to work on one thing. Are you porting? Are you spending a lot of time doing that, or are you creating assets and code that you know will work across all of the different machines? So generally, uh, I develop everything to work on all the machines, um, and there are a bunch of things like screen size that I need to take into account. Yeah. Um, but generally, it's just the file loading, um, the video, the audio, um, the input, like the buttons. And those are the core things. And the the most work is actually not getting it up and running on the platform, but dealing with all the platform requirements. And that's the unfortunately, like, porting it to the system is like two days. But then the platform requirements for each system is like one to two months. Right. Uh, all the right error messages implementing everything to their spec where... It's amazingly complex just how they how it's like, okay, well, you have multiple controllers. Any of them can be signed in. They can sign out at any time, blah, blah, blah. If right. they sign out, it's got to boot you to here. And it's, it, it was a nightmare. Right. Uh, so you can have bugs where if somebody sticks a controller into the fourth port, it will freeze up the thing. Yeah. Did, did you try that? Yeah. yeah one and, one and of the throw the game back like, in your face. There are a bunch of requirements where yeah. it's just like, if they're, if they're trying to load the game from a memory card and they keep inserting and removing the memory card and it crashes, then you fail. Yeah. It's like, man. Who would do that? Yeah. A squirrel would do that. Yeah. But not a gamer. I might no. do it. You, Scott would do it. I'm an asshole. So it's, a, it's probably a good thing. Yeah. So so obviously there's a, this was a huge passion project for you. There's no Kickstarter involved. No. Mm-hmm. None of this pussy Kickstarter bullshit no. out there for Brian. Not nice. No, I'm serious. Like he did it of his own voice. Yeah. It's an amazing accomplishment, the thing that this guy's done. What did you do? I mean, you poured so much of your soul into this thing. What was sort of your outlet when things maybe got a little tense? Obviously you went to the gym and worked out your shit, but what else did you do? Um, yeah, the gym definitely helped. Uh, Lots of high-speed self-pleasure? He's got a girlfriend, man. Yeah. She's well, not she can't that. handle all that work. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, did you go to movies? Did you, I, mean, what, I mean, especially for all the 80s references yeah. and all the action references. You must have had all that stuff lot? piled up all around you. Yeah, I, I definitely went back re-watching things like Back to the Future and stuff, and that yeah. was really enjoyable. Um, Were you playing games? Were you playing games during this process? That's kinda, the problem, like yeah. I haven't been playing enough games. And that was, for for a long time, I was I was barely playing any games. And Super Meat Boy was one of the games that actually got me back to it. Like, man, I should be getting work done, but I'm addicted to this game. Yeah. And that was actually a good thing. Because um, most of the time, I've just been playing games and for research like i'll i'll pick up a gameplay for 15 minutes and then oh yeah. i'll get to it later yeah yeah um but i i mean kind of on on a similar token the biggest thing is just work 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 and then as soon as i get <laughs> start to get burned out i would just go and work from my laptop somewhere else yeah out of the offices did you do what i told you on facebook there to get out into the woods and have a different perspective my my daughter has taught me that yeah you, know, you need to just walk away 
and get out into. The, I mean, we're in British Columbia. Maybe here. streak. Yeah. Maybe well, you get take all your clothes off. Yes. Well, the seawall is work for that is, guy that had that uh, that Africa video. The first <laughs> that, that was weird. The the the, the cliche uh, malnutrition and dehydration or something. Mm. That's the excuse for everything. And then they need to go to rehab. It's all clean slate. Yeah. Uh, no, they're fine now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So none of that for you, though. No, luckily. But yeah, the seawall is one of the best things that we have here. And yeah. the first year that I was doing this, I was so high on energy, excited. Um, and I was going to the office, high on energy. At lunchtime, I was hitting the seawall. And then I'd go back to the office, high on energy. And it was just like the best thing ever. And then the pressure and the amount of vol- volume yeah. of work just piled up, piled up. And... I, you never showed it outwardly, though, man. And your tweets yeah, didn't. You always looked refreshed. Absolutely. You're there was always never positive. any woe is me, which yeah. is totally what yeah, I Yeah, I mean, we doing. had you at the Canadian Video Game Awards, and you yeah. met Billy Campbell, worked yeah, into the game. Yeah, that was amazing. Thanks again. No, man, it's it's awesome, though. You, you are uh, a, a pretty terrific representational figure in our industry to be able to take all of this on and achieve this. There's not a lot of people like him. In no. fact, I can't really, I no. can't only count on one hand and one finger. The person it's like just Brian. Brian. It's just Brian. Yeah, That's it's just it. Brian, and then well, the, all the other Brian stuff that Do you Brian th- does. You think you could work with a partner after this experience? The plan is for sure. I, I did end up finding my the artist in Montreal who I started working with, and the music guys. It's it's been great, yeah. and I, I like I like the. Uh, I'm definitely gonna expand i think the next big project that i do i'm definitely going to be working with at least one programmer because i want to do i'm going to be doing a 3d game probably not the next one but um in an upcoming and so i'd like to work with someone who's a real rendering expert and i've got some friends who are but a virtual company type of thing where you have people in different over the internet that's that's the thing yeah because i really like the whole concept of having part-time workers who can do up to full-time hours at times where just with my artist throwing stuff his way, just it being a, like a really organic process, often I would just say, hey, I got an idea. Can you do some art for this, do some art for that? And he would do it at his schedule, usually within a day. How much uh, art did you do in the game? Originally, I had done it all. Uh, and then he came on board. So he's, he, I got him to redo all the animations pretty much. So he's done the character animations, the cut scenes. Um, and then he did some polish. I did most of the background stuff, I mm-hmm. guess. All the all the uh, buildings and yeah, buildings and, the and stuff and like that. that. Yeah. And then I guess he's done mostly on most of the work on the cars. Originally with the cars, I was doing that, but it's pretty tedious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you talk with Jonathan Mack? Yeah, he's cool. Yeah, he's yeah. another out of Canada one man band yeah. who has now expanded. Did, did sound shapes. Yeah. Did you guys? You know, share notes. Did you learn anything from him? Yeah, we've chatted a bunch. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's these guys it, are the lone wolves of the industry. I know they, they just go it but alone. But he man. he isn't solo anymore. Jonathan Mack no. now has grown. His company has grown quite yeah. a bit. Is so, that where you want to go now? Is that at the moment right now? I really want the freedom of being able to. I think that kind of like uh, Ed's Binding of Isaac or something like the next thing I want to do is going to be smaller and then I'll do another larger thing and the idea is like immediately after this I kind of want to do something where I could theoretically take my laptop to Hawaii and and work from there without having to worry about an office uh, and staff and oh no is I hope there's not like a dishwasher flooding in the office or stuff like that like I just want to have it's no responsibility. It's going to be weird seeing you with the tan man gotta, gotta tell you. <laughs> he found time to see the dark knight rises what did you think I, of that 
it, it left a bad taste in my mouth. Yeah. It was really weird though, because I say this funny thing where I saw the, the Amazing Spider-Man yeah. and I enjoyed it. Yep. Uh, and I saw The Dark Knight Rises, and it was just this really conflicted, poor taste in my mouth. Yet, I feel satisfied with Spider-Man. I don't need to see it again. But I kind of want to see The Dark Knight Rises again. Right, because it was rich. <sighs> it was. You saw it twice. I saw it twice, and I didn't. I liked it a little more in the, the second time. I was less shocked by the, the sort of glaring plot holes and the tedium. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, it, yeah, it was definitely not anywhere near as I've said many times in this podcast, the quality of The Dark Knight or Batman. No. Well, I know you want to do the Bane voice. Let's hear you, Brian. <laughs> so let's hear your Bane voice. Well, I'm, I'm a little rusty. I haven't done yeah, it lately. Go ahead, try it out. Just, just warm it up a little. Just give us the warm-up. <laughs> oh, Vic, do yours first, maybe. What a lovely, lovely voice. Yes. It's a five-month bomb. <laughs> Mr. Wayne, you will build your own video game. Yes, you will work alone for three years in, in the cave. down in a pit that you can't climb out of except once time when you can climb <laughs> you out. You will grow a very oh. ugly beard. <laughs> yeah, what's up with his beard, honestly? Oh, yeah. I. The biggest thing I say about that is, I remember just following up after The Dark Knight came out and they were talking about, we don't know if we'll do a third movie. It's got to be the right script. We've got to figure it out, blah, blah, blah. And then it was just like, okay, we figured out the That's right script. That's your right script? And it's like, all they needed to do was... They- just take Nightfall. Just yeah, take Nightfall. Totally. They karate chop Tally at the end, and that's it. She just keels over and yeah. dies. Yeah, Catwoman saves her, saves the day with. And a there was there was no yeah. tension, no like relationship nope. there with Batman and Catwoman. Nope. But but then oh, all of a sudden we're gonna just run away together. Yeah, they're porking. It's all of a sudden craziness. they're porking. It's craziness. You yeah. gotta at least go on a few dates before you can get a pork in. What, what I'm hoping, plan. though, is because they've now done the two-part, they're doing two-part The Dark Knight Returns. Yes. I want to see a two-part Nightfall. That's that's what I want. And I'm so happy that they're not going to bring Bane back. No way. Well, not, no, not, not a live for, action, for a cartoon. For, oh, for an animated yeah, show? Yeah, animated. Do that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so like, and I'm just so glad that they did Dark Knight Returns. Uh, have you been, as, have you, seen that I've seen the first part yeah, right? it is yeah. and the, the fact fighting that they, is better in that animated is. movie than in the Dark Knight Rises the, the Batman character yes. everything is I better know, and know. I'm just so excited that they made it two parts because that was the thing even before that was announced I was like they got a new Nightfall but it's gotta be like three hours yeah. like and no, I just spoke with uh, Bruce Tim and Andrea yeah. Snyder at, at New York Comic Con and they're so on it. They know what they're doing with those franchises. Yeah. I mean, as a fan, it's just awesome to get these little gifts from them every once in a while. You know, you know I actually met uh, Bruce Tim at the Heritage Hall Comic Convention when I was a kid. Nice. He's yeah. a good guy, right? Yeah, it was, it was I, amazing. I think he has no idea. Like, he just can't believe the success that he's had over his career. You know, they start off with the Batman animated. I mean, he was working animation before then, but it's really the Batman animated series that got them on the map. And yeah. they've just been able to just grow and grow. Have you seen the Green Arrow or Green Lantern uh, CG animated show yet? No, I haven't. It's great, man. Really? Yeah. Guys, guys. Sorry, we're nerds. Guys. We're nerding out. Yeah. I don't I, know what you're talking about. I, I want to talk about the um, the indie spirit that exists out yeah. there. You mentioned Ed. Are, are you friends with a lot of these guys now? Are they? Yeah. Are they like is Phil Fish one of your buds? Yeah. Do, do you know? Is there like a little network of of, of you guys? We're it, it really is a family. Yeah. Like it, it's amazing how we just meet each other at GDC or E3 or wherever, and we instantly just can chat, and it's like we're old friends. Yeah. Um, there, it's. It's not just an indie thing. It's it's within the industry, really. Right. Yeah. Um, something I don't know. I guess because a lot of people were nerds, we're just uh, maybe I don't know. But yeah, we're just all friendly, and there's there aren't that many egos. Most people don't really have big egos. I think it's because it's fucking hard to make games, right? So if yeah. you can make games and get them out the door, and and 
and uh, you, you suffer for your art and you actually get them out there, you respect your peers. It does seem like almost like a scenario, be careful what you wish for kind yeah. of scenario. Because I teach, I've taught a course at the Vancouver Film School, I see all these kids clamoring to make games. But I don't think they really understand no. what goes into making a game. And I, I don't think I really understand until I see your face right now after yeah. having just finished Retro City. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's something that I really warn my friends about, too, because <clears throat> but I think they need to experience for themselves. I think we're never really going to listen to what people say until we because it will always underestimate it. Yeah. So will you make a sequel? Um, at the moment, I don't necessarily know if I'm going to make a, a sequel. I definitely want to do more open world games, but mm -hmm. I do kind of have the indie... <laughs> He's crazy. Well, you know, <laughs> with, within like cartoony style or whatever, but right. within... I, I do have the indie mentality where it's kind of like, I put every... I didn't... So many games, they're like, oh, we'll leave that for the sequel. With me, I was just like, I want to put everything I can into this, and this is the end-all, be-all. Yeah. And if something doesn't fit into it, or I don't have time, then it's just cut. We'll, we'll see how things go later, but I really just, um, yeah, I, I just really put all my effort into this thing. There's a line in Indie Game, the movie, something like, I'm paraphrasing, but it's, would you ever want to work at EA? And, <laughs> and the guy says, I'd rather fucking kill myself or something like that. I, how do you feel about the, the sort of, uh, the the non-indie, I guess, with the, we can't really call them AAA anymore. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know what to, to deem that sector of the industry, but the big budget titles and, yeah. and the big teams out there. Are you as diametrically opposed to ever working on something like that? Or well, do, you, do you hate that side of our business? Or how do you I, feel I don't hate it at all. Yeah. Um, and I wouldn't be where I am today if I hadn't worked at other studios. I learned so much. Yeah. And I always try and tell students, like, if you can get a job at another studio, you got your whole life ahead of you. Don't jump into going indie. You'll learn so much, meet so many people. And mm -hmm. I still believe that. Um, and I think it's great, too, for talent. The more studios that we have in the city, the more talent we're incubating. Yeah. And um, if my indie studio ever needs more talent, then there's more to uh, pinch from. But me personally now, after working on smaller games, medium games, AAA, and all these other things and now going indie. I just like now being the creative vision. Yeah. And I found that I was least happy working on AAA because I felt like a cog in a machine. Like no matter what, no matter how good I did my job, I was replaceable because we were all just little components. And I, and there were egos like just the game designer just thinking that a programmer doesn't have any valid ideas. and. And so I just, I like working on the smaller things. I like having the creative vision and, um, and I like making my own schedule, even though I end up working longer hours. <laughs> <laughs> even though your schedule is one till one every day. Yeah. yeah. Hey, Brian, I yeah. wrote a, I wrote a song for you. <laughs> Ready? <clears throat> Brian, you made a game all by yourself. Brian, you're about to enjoy all kinds of wealth. You did it all on your own. You're like a dog after its bone. That's all I have. That's it. <laughs> That's very good. Good night, everybody. That was almost in Thanks for coming. That's really good. Have you been getting music lessons? No, I'm terrible. That was pretty good. Thanks. Yeah. I'm a little. I feel a little shy. Thanks, guys, for listening to me here at so, Open Mic. That's so, better than mine. My... I, I know everybody wants to, to ask this question. What? 
How rich are you right now? And how, how wealthy do you think you will become based on the success of this game that you have built by yourself? Well, I've, I've paid for... I, I've recouped the time that I've put into it, like, as per what I value myself salary-wise. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still need to make a lot more, which I will from the other platforms and all that, um, to to justify the the toll I've taken on myself physically <laughs> because I have really just, I put my body through well, more I, than I should have. I think what you are looking for probably more than anything is some security for exactly. developing the next thing, right? Yeah. Because you don't get paid till you, I mean, when you're your own thing and you're funding everything on your own, you don't get paid till you make it and, right. sell it and ship it, right? So you have to make enough money now that you can go and make another one, right? Exactly, that's, yeah, having the cushion is is the thing that I want. Um, yeah. Because I, I just sacrificed so much where I was had no money, I put everything into this game. Yeah, and you should see the hat he's got. It's got all kinds of holes and it's frayed. <laughs> and you know, we, we need it Brian. It does have Nintendo on it. We need Brian yeah. to live it, it came like It came like this, which is really funny. Yeah. But yeah, it looks pretty I rad. mean, how many games do you think any one person has in them over the That's course of a lifetime? excellent question. Yeah. I mean, it can really yeah. deplete your life force mm-hmm. if you're not careful. What's the hardest mm-hmm. part of making a game? Just answer that definitively now that you've been on every aspect. Endurance. No, no, like in, in terms of the... Uh, the disciplines required to build a game. Uh, What's the most difficult part of it? Is it the programming? Is it the AI? Is it the is it the uh, uh, scripting? Some good game design? Is it uh, you know art? W- what do you think is the most difficult part? For me, which doesn't necessarily answer the question, it really was balancing mm. because doing everything myself. When I was in that zone, when I was making the missions, doing the level design, I was so happy. And those were among the most invigorating parts of the entire project because it really was like an improv thing almost, like an improv comedy act where I was scripting a mission, would come up with a cutscene, would see it running and then think, oh, it'd be funny to add an animation here. And then that animation, oh, it would be funny if there was this piece of dialogue here, oh, a sound effect here. And then just seeing, oh, how this interacts with that. And it, it was this organic process that was really awesome. But the problem was that I would often only be doing that one day a month because yeah. I was having to deal with everything else. And I said so many times, imagine if I could spend 100% of my time on design, what I could do. And then wondering, like, well, do I have a finite amount of creative in me or or could I really just makes so much more magic that's if I why had that. I, like, I really feel like like a two-person sort of creative head on something like that mm-hmm. would be a pretty wicked thing like, yeah it, it, it's analogous to you know the brother filmmakers out there like Joel and Ethan Cohen you know yeah they can bounce off of each other Larry and, sort and of, Lana Larry and Lana right like it's I think there's something to be said when you're steering a ship like this to have a co-pilot I agree Me totally yeah Absolutely. Yeah. So you, you've got a few more months ahead of you of cleaning up and getting the other versions out. What are you doing after that immediately? I hope what you're going to tell me is you're going to go traveling with your girlfriend. Yeah, that's actually definitely on our list. Yeah. Good. Because you know what you can do now, yeah. you know, if you want a, a, a suggestion direct from the basement, is you can actually go visit some of these countries that are going to be eating up your game, get some more press and get some more sales 
So have your trip kind of pay for itself as you yeah. go around the world. I did promise her though, like, because we went to PAX and that was a bit of a vacation I'm for not, us. I'm talking Italy, man. Yeah, I'm talking exactly. Japan. I'm yeah, talking yeah, Australia. Absolutely. Spend so, some dough. Yeah. Get around the world. Go and see this wonderful. Needs the dough to make the next game. No, no but this I, is, this yeah. is work. Love. This is work. Yeah. You know. I, I mean, I have to, I have to make up for the, all that lost time Absolutely. when I was just. Yeah, it was. I really, I really appreciate just the fact that. Uh, there were so many times where I was AWOL and she was still there for me. So it was because just so many times when we were supposed to go out and visit and spend time, I was like, well, it's got to be a short visit because I got work to do. And uh, go to, go to Australia. Australia is the girlfriend of the week. She's amazing. You're on Vic's <laughs> take, basement. Take Victoria to Victoria in Australia. <laughs> yeah. and go visit our friends at, uh, at, at right. uh, Sci-Fi Channel. Stop SF trying down there. to run Brian's life. No, I'm, I'm, you I'm, run I'm, my own I'm, or I'm, you run mine. I, know, I can't take I, it. I've been around for a while. I'm just trying to help him out here. Give him some yeah. perspective. But you, you need a break before you get right into your next yeah. one. Promise me you won't start on another game right away, <laughs> Brian. A game that will take five months to complete. That's five months exactly, is as long yeah. as we want you to work. I want it. I want it to be under five months from like development to shipping, because of course it's like three months on there just for the business. And side. holy shit, do you have a lot of great games to catch up on? What are you yeah. most excited to play that you haven't been able to? Well, I, I guess Arkham City. Um, what? You haven't played Arkham City I've yet? I've got it, and I've put in an hour into it. Wow. I've got, Ar I haven't even Finish opened. Finish your damn game I so haven't you even can play Arkham, Arkham Asylum. City. Oh Arkham my God. Asylum's still shrink-wrapped right what? now on my Have shelf. Have you played Red Dead Redemption? No. Just, just got, we have to wrap this podcast up right now. <laughs> Brian about to run through the wall and leave Brian, a shape in the shape of Brian has him. got to go and finish his work. Mm, so I know what I'm taking up this whole time here. The man could be creating. He's a creator. Yeah. To, uh, just take take it easy on yourself, my friend. Yeah. Thank you for visiting us. Oh, thank you so much. It's a this, pleasure. Can we have a sound effect of us shaking hands? I don't know. That's right. a creepy one. That Thanks, Brian. Awesome. Right. Oh, thank you so Get much. Get out of here. So Brian has left us, and oh. it's uh, it's just Scott and I. It was like a god came down from really, Olympus to it, visit us. It ain't easy to do what he just did. I cannot believe what he. I mean, he's such a sunny person too. Like he, he has such a sunny disposition. He's so clobbered right he's, now he's, after pouring he, so much into this game. He's a genuine good guy, yeah. and he's humble about his ability and the success he's having right now. And, and his that huge makes muscles. You, and his huge muscles. Uh, and his uh, Edward the Vampire-like pale skin that he's cultivated. Right now, he's looked healthier for sure. <laughs> the man killed himself for this goddamn game. That's I, what I love about games. Awesome, and it's something man. that you said to me once. We were at CES in Las Vegas, the Consumer Electronics Show, and Vic was mad. He's like, that's it. I'm never coming back to this show again. And the reason why you were mad is because there's so many. There were like the big thing that year was an MP3 player slash taser, like yeah, a combo sure. thing. And you were like, there's no love, there's no heart, there's no soul here. He's like, that's the thing about games. Even the bad games, there's heart and soul in those damn it's things. It's art, man. And you see it on the faces of yep. these people, no matter what they work on. These guys break balls to make the best game they can make. They make the impossible real. And this is like the super impossible, the uber impossible. Brian pulled off here with his own damn game. He must feel, I wish he could, I wish he felt like he was entitled to the victory lap. Right now. I, yeah, me too. I really yeah. do. And all we have is this fucking little rinky-dink podcast. Shitty basement down here <laughs> where it stinks <laughs> of aged cheeses and sweat but, socks. But, you know, we have, we have uh, listeners. 
and we're yeah. very grateful that we do. We're on Stitcher. And we are on Stitcher. Just wanted to point that out. There. We're on yeah. uh, the iTunes store yeah, if you want to download there. and subscribe rate us. that. Give us some us. stars. How many stars can you go up to now? Uh, five, but we'll accept six. Fuck. If, like, if you want to write in yeah. the comments, this should be six stars. Yeah. <laughs> we, we would love <laughs> Let us write the comments for you. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next time. Thank you.